made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay. Then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop-off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. In my year of Jubilee, I'm expecting celebration, emancipation, and restoration every day in Jesus' name. Amen. So God, we say have your way and get the glory out of everything. We are open. And we are ready in Jesus' name. Can you just lift your hands and worship God for five seconds if you're open and you're ready? If you're open and you're ready, five. Come on in the building and the line. If you're open and you're ready, four. Bishop, why do you have us to take these moments of worship so that you can cast every care at the feet of the Lord, so that you're not distracted, so that you're focused on receiving from the Lord? Three, two, one. Come on, somebody shout, Pac-Man faith. So we've been in this series all this month called The God of the Details because Psalm 37, 23 says that the Lord directs the steps of the godly and he delights in every detail of their lives, which means God is into the details of your life. He's into the who, the what, the where, the when, the why, the how. He's into details that you don't even think make sense. He's into who can be around you, who can't be around you. He's into where you go and where you can't go. He's into what you do and what you can't do. God is so into you. The Bible says he delights in the details, which means he knows how many hairs are on your hair. In fact, the Bible says your hairs are numbered. He knows every detail about you. He knows what makes your eye twitch. He knows what makes your elbow move. He knows when you're sweating. He knows when you're anxious. He knows when you're fearful. God is into the details of you. And why is that good news? Because sometimes you can feel like you're out here on your own, but you're not. God is into details of you. And Wednesday night Bible study, oh my God, if you were not in this building or online, you have to go back and watch that or listen to the podcast because the word was powerful. We learned that God isn't fair. And in fact, we learned that God being in the details doesn't mean that God is fair. We looked from Exodus 3 when God calls a man named Moses, whose name in Hebrew is Moshe. He's named that because Moshe means drawn out or taken out or to draw out. Because when he was a little boy, his mother, Yoshebel, sent him down the Nile River to be drawn, and he was drawn out of the Nile River by Pharaoh's daughter. Moses was raised different than his family, who would later be enslaved in Egypt. Moses was raised in the palace. You better hear me. And for many of you, your background, watch me, was preparation for what it was that you were sent to do. 
You can be like everybody else because you're not going to do what everybody else does. Matter of fact, let me help you understand some of you why you felt isolated for a lot of your life, why you felt alone for a lot of your life. It's because God's hand has been on you. And when God's hand is on you, you can't be around everybody. You can't do what everybody else does. You can't go where everybody else goes because God is preparing you for something that's bigger than you. Wait, it's not just going to be for you and through you. It's going to be bigger than you. I wish you touched somebody say he's been preparing you. He's been preparing you. He's been preparing you. So when God calls Moses for 40 years, Moses spends his life being raised in the palace as a grandson to the Pharaoh, the king. Pharaoh is just simply the title for the king of Egypt. And for 40 years after that, Moses is a fugitive on the run from that same man because he kills an Egyptian because he sees the Egyptian abusing a Hebrew. When Moses kills the Egyptian, Moses discovers his assignment through what made him angry. And for some of you, you simply need to ask yourself, what makes you angry? Because when you become angry about something, you'll take action and nobody has to tell you to do it. How did civil rights movement get started in America? Because enough people said, we're sick and tired of being sick and tired and we're angry and we're about to take some action. What if I told you there are certain things going on in your life right now that are making you angry? And God says, I'm going to let it keep making you angry until you take some action. I wish you'd elbow somebody next to you and say, take some action action take some action take some action but Moses said to God watch me when Moses finally has his first conversation with God Moses is 80 years old 40 years in the palace he's a fugitive on the run from Pharaoh and then for 40 years he spends it in the in his father-in-law's house whose name is Jethro he gets married he has children and Moses becomes content pay attention right when Moses becomes content that's when God gives him his call and for some of you, you have, I'm just trying to chill. I'm just trying to relax. I just want a regular life. That's when God says, now that you're content, I'm about to interrupt your contentment. I'm about to interrupt your comfort. And now I'm about to release a call. Wait, wait, wait. God did not do it when you were ready for it. He did it when he was ready for it. Because God, watch me, he's not on your time schedule. You are on his time schedule. So watch this. This is the first conversation that God has with Moses. For years, God has been directing Moses' steps, but Moses didn't know it. And for some of you, you didn't know that what was going on behind the scenes, this wasn't no karma, that was God. You better hear me. This wasn't no good energy. This was God. This was not no sage. This was God. This was not some weird stuff. This was God that's been directing your steps all of your life. The first conversation that Moses has with God is in Exodus 3.11, and it's at a burning bush. Pay attention. The bush was on fire, but it wasn't consumed, which means sometimes God will get you on fire about something, but the fire fuels you. It doesn't consume you. I'll say it another way. The fire is designed to get you to do something, but the fire won't take you out. For every person where you feel burnt out, can I tell you that means you didn't burn properly? Uh, what do you mean, Bishop? You didn't burn properly because you let it consume you when it was really supposed to be a call that lifted you. I pray for every person under the sound of my voice where you're feeling burnt out with life, you're feeling burnt out with people, you're feeling burnt out with what you're doing. I pray that God would give you a new fire before this word is over the day. And I pray that that fire would not consume you but that that fire would make you answer the call you are well able you are well able you are well able would you just touch somebody say i rebuke you being burnt out i rebuke 
I rebuke you being burnt out. No, that fire is supposed to fuel you, not, not, not consume you. And for some of you, your issue isn't what you're doing. It's the way you've been doing it. You've been doing it in a way, watch me, that has not been efficient. So, so God sometimes has to let you go through things so that you learn to be efficient. You've been doing it in a way that's not effective. So God has to let you go through some things that makes you effective. Let's get to the text. Exodus 3.11. This is their first conversation in 80 years. Nowhere in the Bible do we see a recorded conversation between Moses and God before this. This is the first one. Everybody say the first one. Which means God can be directing your steps and you not even know him. I'll say it over here because they don't shout over here. God can be directing your steps and you not even know him. See, God is so in the details of you. While you were at the club, he was directing steps. While you were doing your own thing, he was directing steps. While you were dibbling and dabbling with other religions, he was directing your steps. While you were living your own little life, he was directing your steps. And you're watching me right now because he has directed your steps into this building or online. This is no accident. Don't flip the channel. Don't scroll away because God's about to speak to you. God is about to speak loud and clear to you. Your steps have been directed to harvest because you're about to get your harvest. I wish... Let's go. Last me. Exodus 3.11. But Moses said to God. So God tells him, hey, I've called you. You're going to go to Pharaoh. You're going to tell him to let my people go. Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? This isn't fair. Watch me. He's called, but he's not certain. Let's start. This isn't fair. And I need everybody to hear me. You will never be fully certain about the call when you get it. Okay, I'll talk over here. You'll never be fully certain about a call when you get it. What's a call? It is a divine opportunity that God gives you to do what he created you to do. And when you get that, you'll often respond, hear me, with insecurity. You'll often respond feeling like you don't have what it takes. See, Moses is called, but he's not certain. The Lord God Almighty just told him, you're my pick. You're my choice. Would you encourage somebody on the soul to touch him? Say, you're his pick. You're his choice. You I know you wish he got somebody else to do it, but he didn't. He picked you. I know you wish that he got somebody else that had more skills. He didn't. He picked you. I know you wish he would have did this, watch me, when you were in your 40s instead of your 80s. I know you wish he would have did this when you were in your teens instead of your 60s. But guess what? You're called, you're his pick, and there's nothing you can do about it. Look at me. He's tall, but he's not certain. So then we get to verse 12. Here's God's response. God's response to him not feeling certain is, I'll be with you. Watch me. You're uncertain, but I will certainly be with you. And I need you to hear me. God is with you. And if God be with you, who would dare be against you? If God be with you, you got more than you need. Watch me. Uh, sometimes in the scripture, we would see where God's people seem like they were overwhelmed. It seemed like there was more enemies that were against them than they were able to handle. But over and over again, we see testimonies like this. And the Lord fought for them. And the Lord helped them. And I came to tell somebody today, this is your first praise in this message. You ready? That the Lord is certainly going to be with you. I don't care what you're facing, what you're dealing with. God's going to walk in there with you. If you got to go into a courtroom, God's going to walk in there with you. If you got to go to a bank. God's going to walk in there with you. If you got to go deal with a home issue, God's going to walk in there with you. If you got to go to the doctor, God's going to walk in there with you. Wherever you go, God is going to walk in there with you. Come on, somebody say, the Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. So look at verse 13. 
So the Lord, so Moses asked him, and they, if they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? We've been worshiping you all these years, but we don't know your name, which means pay attention. That's faith on another level. What do you mean, Bishop? Because some, you want too many details before you trust. You want too many details before you believe. They didn't even know his name, yet they worshiped him. They didn't even know what to call him other than the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they still worshiped him. Pay attention. Here's what the Lord says, verse 14. Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. He literally tells Moses, I am who I am. In other words, God, this isn't really fair because I asked you your name, and you won't even really give me your name. Instead, you give me this phrase. You give me this phrase. This phrase says, a year, a share, a year, which means I'll prove what and who I am by what I do. In other words, God says, I could give you my name, but one name's not enough. Ain't nobody going to say nothing to me. I could tell you I'm Jireh, but I'm more than Jireh, your provider. I could tell you I'm Rafa, but I'm more than Rafa, your healer. I could tell you I'm this and I'm that, but I'm more than that. You're going to discover that I am that I am because whatever I need to be, that's what I become. I'm bread when you're hungry. I'm water when you're thirsty. I'm a friend when you're friendless. I'm a mother when you're motherless. I'm a father when you're fatherless. I'm a door when you need one. I'm, whatever you need me to be, I am who I am. Come on, somebody say, he is who he is. Watch me. Watch me. Verse 17. Verse 17. Verse 17. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to a land flowing with milk and honey. Okay, so he says, this is what you're going to tell them. He says, you don't need to worry about my name. You just need to know what I'm going to do because I'm going to reveal myself in several ways. And here's what the issue many Christians have is that you, you've only learned him one way, so you expect him to work that way every time. See, the woman with the issue of blood, watch me, she touched him, he didn't touch her. So now, if you learn him that way, you think that's the only way to get access. You think that's all he can do. But then there was a blind man that he put some mud on his face. Watch me. And said, go wash. Pay attention. In other words, for that man, it was a messy miracle, but it was still a miracle. See, some miracles are going to be messy. They're not going to be clean, but it's still a miracle. Uh, then there was 10 lepers that he never, ever said be healed to. He just said, get up and go prove yourself to the priest. In other words, go show yourself to the priest, because if you were a leper, the priest had to declare you clean before you go amongst the general population. He didn't say be healed. He didn't touch anybody. All they did was follow his instructions and they were healed. What are you trying to tell me? Your God is too big for you to box him in to how you think he ought to do what he's going to do. What if I told you that he was going to do it and do you, the how is not your concern? What if I told you that the answer was yes and amen and the how is none of your business. It ain't none of your business how he's going to do it. The only thing you need to know is you're about to have a praise report. I'm about to give you five seconds to release a praise for the praise report you're about to hold in your hand. Five, four, three, two. Come on, look at somebody say a praise report is on the way for you. A praise report is on the way for you. Let's go, let's go. He, tell, he says, this is what you're going to tell him. I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt. What's the affliction of Egypt? 430 years they've been enslaved. Look at me. They weren't slaves. They were enslaved. The difference is important because sometimes you can take on the identity of your situation. 
So you make what you're in who you identify as. So because you're in something difficult, you identify difficult. Because you're in something challenging, now your attitude becomes challenging. Because you're in something aggravating, now your attitude is aggravating. Watch me, you aggravate everybody you go around. You have to be careful that you don't take a label that doesn't belong to you. So you may have made some mistakes, you're not one. You may be had some failures, and we all have, but you are not a failure. You may be made some dumb decisions, but you're not a dumb decision. You are made in the image and the likeness of God. So it says, I have said, I will bring you up out of the land of affliction to a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the problem. Milk and honey. Okay, honey means bees. Bees mean stings, which means you can't just get excited about the destination and not be excited about the journey. You can't just get excited about the promise and not be excited about the process to obtain the promise, right? Most people get excited about the wedding and think nothing about the marriage. You miss what I just said. Uh, you miss what I just said. See, see, the wedding, watch me, that, that's, that's, a, that's an event. But the marriage, this is, this, this is a decision that outlasts the event. Most people get excited about the end, but don't pay any attention to the journey to get there. And I'm so glad that God's into the details that your journey has mattered. Everywhere you've been, everything you've gone through, God's about to use it all. God isn't wasteful. In fact, there was a boy, I feel like preaching this morning, there was a boy that had two fish and five loaves of bread. And the Bible says that Jesus took the two fish, five loaves of bread, fed 5,000 men plus women and children and everybody that served, the 12, each one of them got a basket, which means God says, I'm not going to waste anything. And for some of you, you're like, I just feel like I wasted my 20s. No, you didn't. He ain't going to waste nothing. I just felt like I wasted that time in school. You didn't waste that time in school. He's about to use it all. I need you to find the most on fire person around you and just touch him and say, he's about to use it all. He's going to use it all. He's going to use that divorce, that bankruptcy, that abortion, that issue, that challenge, that issue. Whatever you've been through, God is about to use it all. He does not waste anything. He's going to use your depression. He's going to use your anxiety. He's going to use your frustration. He does not waste anything. Let's go. He says, I'm going to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. Okay, So honey is, uh, is good. It's sweet, but it means there's bees, which means there's things, which means my process will have pain, even though it's taking me to my promise. And then milk. Well, who's going to milk these cows? Who, who's going to do this? There's this? A land flowing with milk and honey doesn't mean a land with no work. It just means a land, watch me, where I get to keep all of the benefit. For 430 years, you've been doing something, but watch me, but the Egyptians got the benefit. You've been doing it, watch me, but your enemy got the benefit. Uh Uh-oh, you've been doing it, watch me, but somebody else benefited. But when God takes you into a place of promise, watch me, you get to keep the benefits. And for some of y'all, you better hear me. In these last three months, you are about to keep the benefits. I wish. Come on, we got to go, we got to go. So here's what he tells them. I'm about to change your location and your situation. But this isn't fair because all he does is tell him he's going to change it. And he just tells him it's going to be better, but I'm not going to tell you where it is. It's going to be better. I'm not going to tell you exactly how it's going to play out. Verse 19. But I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No. Now, this is crazy because God, the only reason he doesn't let us go is because you harden his heart. The Bible says that several times Pharaoh was ready to let the people go. Several times he was like, I'm over it. I'm done. But God hardened his heart. And I need you to hear me. There are some things that sometimes, because he's not fair and he never promised to be fair because he gives you favor to make up for what's not fair. 
There are some times where God has to, listen to me, where God has to allow verse 20 to happen. So I will stretch out my hand and I will strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in its midst. And after that, he will let you go, which means I'll change your location and your situation via declination and devastation. Okay, let's make this clear. He's saying, I'm not going to let Pharaoh and the Egyptians get away with what they've done. So I'm going to make them delay your exit and delay your next. But delay is not denial. The delay is because I'm about to wear them out too. Because eventually they're going to get sick of you. Eventually they're going to get tired of resisting you. Eventually they're going to get sick of Moses and Aaron coming in saying, the Lord, thus saith the Lord. And for some of you, you just had to outlast and outlive the obstacle. And for some of you, you got to hear me. I'm so glad you didn't faint. I'm so glad you didn't give up. I'm so glad you didn't throw in the towel. I'm so glad you erased your little email. I'm so glad you erased your little text. I'm so glad you erased that little crazy thought you had. Why? It's about to be the best part. I said it's about to be the best part. Tell somebody say the book is about to get good now. But God tells them, I'm going to change your location and your situation via declination. No. You're going to get 10 no's. What's 10? 10 is the biblical number of divine perfection. But pay attention because God is into the details. Why am I preaching this in the 10th month of the calendar year? I'm preaching this in the 10th month of the calendar year because what if I told you that the last plague has passed? Ah! I'll say it again because you didn't shout right there. So I'm going to say it so you shout, Denver. Online, get it? Denver, get it. Watch me. Um, they had 10 plagues. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. When they get to the 10th plague, that's when... Pharaoh finally releases them overnight. Pay attention. They get a suddenly, but the suddenly comes through several steps. They get a suddenly after 10 declines. They get a suddenly after 430 years of resistance. Pay attention. God sometimes will change your location and your situation via declination and devastation. What is this? Great destruction or damage. Can we talk? What happens when God's bringing something good, but it starts out looking like something awful? What happens when God is bringing something that's blessing, but it starts out looking like this is a total curse? Uh, what happens when it starts out looking like this is going to be amazing and it's not? Not only is it great uh, devastation or destruction and damage, but watch me. Devastation means severe and overwhelming shock or grief, which means sometimes God will take you through situations that are severe and overwhelming. I can't believe this just happened. I, I was not, ex whoa, where did this come from? Like, are you serious? Anybody wave at me in the building, wave at me online. If you've had some moments over the last, uh, 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 the last several months of this year, over this year, where you've looked at it like, what is this? This is shocking. And here's grief. Grief is our natural response to loss, which means sometimes it feels like I'm losing. Okay. It feels like I'm losing, but he says I'm gaining. This, this is unfair. It feels like I'm losing, but I'm really gaining, okay? It feels like I'm going down, but I'm really going up. It feels like nothing is working for my favor, but the truth is all things are working together for my favor. So pay attention. This isn't fair, but this is, watch me, but this is his favor, 
This is his favor. Why do you say this is his favor, Bishop? Because if you look at verse 21, he says, and I will give the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. The same people causing me hell are about to be the ones to give me some heaven. Okay, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. I'll preach my own self happy. The same ones that are creating my resistance are about to yield me my results. He says, I'm going to give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall be that when you go, I need you to touch somebody and say, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, that when you go, you will not go empty-handed. You're going to have something to show for these tears. You're going to have something to show for this warfare. You're going to have something to show for the hell you've been through. I wish you'd lay your hands on yourself. Say, I'm about to have something to show. You're not going empty-handed, not going empty-handed, not going empty-handed. You're not going empty-handed, not going empty-handed, not going empty-handed. You're not going empty-handed, not going empty-handed. Because for what's not fair, God gives us favor. And this is what I taught on Wednesday. God never promised to be fair, but he did say that he would give us favor. Matter of fact, the scripture says in Psalm that his anger is for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. Which means for the rest of your life, anything you experience that's not fair, here's what your statement should be. Where's the favor? Where's the favor? And notice I said statement and not question. Because in my statement, while it is a question, it is a statement. It's a declaration that there's some favor about to manifest. See, I know it's not fair on your job, where the favor at. I know it ain't fair in your family, where the favor at. I know it's not fair with some of the stuff you've had to go through, where the favor at. I know other people didn't have it as hard as you, but you need to open your mouth and say, where is the on three, I need you to shout favor in the building and no line. One, two, three, favor. Where the favor at? Where the favor at? Where the favor at? I'm looking for it because it's got to be here. Verse 22, ask for silver, gold, and clothing, and you shall plunder the Egyptians. Now, the series is called The God of the Details. So in Moses' life, God's into the details, but the details doesn't always mean he's fair. And for everything that's not fair, he gives us favor. But since he's into the details, God is into the who. He's into the what. He's into the where. He's into the why. He's into the how. He's into the when. He's into time and timing. Say time and timing. So time, two words for time in the Greek, New Testament. One is chronos. One, two, three, four, five, five, four, three, two, one. Chronological time. The second is kairos, which is a qualitative amount of time, which means kairos works like this. One, ten. Okay. So if ten was the goal, I didn't count the steps in between. I just got to ten. Okay. Now, this is powerful because if you look at Exodus 12, 41, it says, in fact, it was on the last day or the 430th year that all the Lord's forces left the land. Here's my shout. On this night, the Lord kept his promise to bring his people out of the land of Egypt. Look at me. The, it was prophesied that they would be there for 430 years. At, somebody had to start doubting when it got to the last day of the month. Ain't nobody going to say that to me. See, I want to come for those who, watch me, God waits to do it for you. Until the absolute last moment. See, I don't know about you. I'd prefer you do it for me earlier. Anybody else like that? Like, God, if you're going to do it, can you do this for me earlier? That's not what he did. The Bible said he waited until the last day of the 430th year to fulfill his promise. Wait, wait, wait. Which means 
For everybody that feels like this ain't going to happen, shut your mouth. Because God's into time and timing. Sometimes he needs to hold back what it is that he's about to release just to make sure your faith has the ability to last. Just to make sure your faith has the ability to endure. I need you to touch somebody on the shoulder because shoulder represents strength. Online, you type it in the comments. Just say, you must last. You must last. You you must last. 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 Why go through 430 years to give up on day, watch me, on day 30 when you had to just wait till day 31? Why? Why would you do that? Look at me. Look at me. Which means even suddenlies require steps. See, we look at suddenlies in the Bible. And, and suddenly it's something we should declare. That's a Kairos moment. It's immediately. Come on, put it in the atmosphere. Say immediately. Come on, say suddenly. Come on, come on, say, and it came to pass. Come on, somebody say out of nowhere. Say quickly. Let's go here. We ain't said this in a while. Say sudden fast forward movement. Come on. All right, so you say it in the building. You type it online. But watch me. Even suddenlies require steps. The woman with the issue of blood was healed Suddenly. After 12 years of steps, you missed it. They were released suddenly, overnight, after 430 years of steps. Okay, I'm going to make the point make real sense, make, make good sense for you. Um, um, the man that had been by the pool for 38 years was healed suddenly. And Jesus didn't touch him. He just said, get up and walk, because the man didn't know that he could walk. He, he thought he was waiting on a permission that he, he could have given himself. 38 years of steps, it's a suddenly, but it still required steps. Everybody says steps. Now, now, now watch me. So this is what I call Pac-Man faith. Here's Pac-Man faith. Pac-Man, you got to eat the dots inside of an enclosed maze while avoiding four colored ghosts. Now, I could preach about the four, but I won't. In the maze, there's power pellets that causes the ghosts to temporarily turn blue and you get bonus points. So, so listen, so listen, so listen, so listen. So, so I got the game. We're about to start the game. It's a one-player game. All right, you ready? So, so here's Pac-Man. Y'all can hear it. Here's Pac-Man. Watch me. So I got all of this maze that I got to go through. And I don't know where the end is. And sometimes I get turned around. And I'm going to go different places. Watch me. And I might run into something that looks like the end, but it's not. It's just a new beginning. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Watch me. And all the way, God has given me rewards. Come here, cherries. God has given me rewards when I keep going. And for some of you, watch me, your endurance is about to be rewarded. Because there's some enemies you just have to outlast. See, watch me. He didn't remove my enemies. He's just given me the power to escape them. Ah! He didn't get rid of my enemies. Watch me. And they think they got me because they ganged up on me. But what they don't know is I got another life. Ah! I wish you'd touch somebody close to you and say, God's about to give you another chance. He... I got another chance. I got another opportunity. This thing is not over for me. It's not over for me. Matter of fact, just when the enemy thought that he had me, I'm about to get one enemy, two enemies. Come on here. I wish you'd open your mouth and say, Pac-Man faith, Pac-Man faith. This is how God's been working your life. This is how God has been working your whole life. Every day. You've been making progress. And it's a maze. 
So you don't know when it begins or where it ends, where it starts, where it ends. You don't even fully know where it's going. You just know at the end there's a victory. And every time it looks like you're down for the count, God will give you a reset and let you start over. You know what I love about Pac-Man? But all the progress that I had made, it did not erase when I had to start over. For every person that's afraid of starting over, what you don't realize is you're not really starting over because you're starting better, which means you know more. You've got more knowledge. You've got more skill. What if a reset was exactly what you needed so I can take everything I've learned over the last 10, 20, 30, 40, and I can put that to work in my next... I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but there's somebody where you're scared of starting over. You're scared of brand new. But I need you to look at them and say, don't be scared. Say, God's got you, God's got you, God's got you, God's got you. And I get to keep all my progress. I get to keep all my wisdom. I get to keep all my knowledge. Let's go. So here we go, here we go. So they exit Egypt overnight. They plunder the Egyptians. They have silver. They have gold. It's a mixed multitude, approximately 2 million people that have left. They went in as a few. They came out as 2 million, which means this is why the Bible says in Exodus, the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. I wish you'd look at somebody and say, you're multiplying and growing. Multiplying means you're increasing. Watch me. And growing means you're getting better. Which means every day I'm better than I was yesterday. You know why I'm not a hater? You know why you don't have to be a hater? Watch me. It's because I'm not in competition with anybody else except yesterday's version of myself. Because every day I'm multiplying and growing. I can't stack mine if I'm busy watching you stack yours. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. I can't grow and get better if I'm busy all in your business while you're growing and getting better. See, if for some of you, you're going to focus in these last three months on your multiplication and your growth in a way you've never focused on it. So by the time you get to the end of this year, you're going to say, look at what the Lord has done. I pray and prophesy that the last quarter of this year will be better than the first three combined. If you you receive that shout right there go I said if you receive that shout right there go so here it is Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 7 and 1 so God tells them you're gonna go into this promised land here's the problem this promised land there's some people in it oh, there's some people in it now Lord I thought it was mine Watch me. Well, they may have had it once, but you're going to have it all the time. I thought it was mine. I thought this is what you promised me, God. I thought, I, I, like, I thought, so wait a minute. We have to go through 430 years of bondage. Then we have to go through 40 years of wandering. And now you're telling us there's some people in the land. There's some people that are in the land that you swore and you promised to us. Watch me. The Lord says there are seven nations that are in the promise. The first, and watch me. Because when I teach this, some of you look at these nations and, and you're detached from it because you're like, okay, well, I ain't fighting no nations. You know, I'm just trying to get a house. I'm just trying to advance my family. I'm just trying to get a job. Well, let me show you what the nations mean because it's going to make it practical for you. The Hittites. God says, you are about to go and you're, what used to have you broken and fearful, you're going to take possession of. All right. You got to hear me. He says, you're going to go and you're going to drive these nations out. So the first is the Hittites, right? Now, every place you've been broken and fearful, God says, I'm about to drive that out. <laughs> Come on, lift your hands. Say, Lord, drive out the Hittites. 
All right, here's the second one, the gergesites. This means stuck in clay. In other words, everything that makes you stuck, so you get stuck in the paralysis of analysis. God says, I'm about to drag you being stuck. You won't be stuck anymore. Come on, lift your hands in the building again. No lie. Say, I will not be stuck anymore. Thirdly, the Amorites. These are the talkers. That's what this means. All of these are their Hebrew definitions, the language of our Old Testament. The Amorites, the talkers. These are people who talk the talk, but they cannot walk the walk. And for some of you, you've talked big game, but you've not yet walked it out. But I pray that in this last quarter, you're about to walk it like you talk it. Everything you say you're going to do, you're going to get it done. Everything that you say you're going to accomplish, you're going to get accomplished. No more false starts and false dreams. I need you to lift your hands and say, Lord, drive out the Amorites. All right? So we got the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Amorites. Here's, here's the next nation. The Canaanites. Canaanites means zeal with no action, which means this is where you get excited, but you don't do anything but stay excited. And listen, for some of you, your life has been excitement about things that you never did. You're about to do the craziest thing, and I need you to make sure you're doing this next to somebody on fire if you're in this building. And online, I need you to make sure somebody next to you is on fire or somebody watching in the comments. And if there's nobody there, stretch your hands towards me because you know Bishop Kevin Vorman is on fire. Here's what I need for you to do. I just need you to make this declaration. Say, you are about to take action. Tell them. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I need you to find the most on fire person that's around you and just look at them and say, you're about to take action. You're... Come on, stretch your hand towards me, Facebook. Stretch your hand towards me, YouTube. Shut your hands on Twitter, on the app, in the website. You, yeah, you, you are about to take action. You're not just going to be excited about what you think you're going to do and never do it. You're not just going to talk it and never do it. So we got the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites. Watch me, wild. God says, I'm about to drive your wild behavior out. Now, this is crazy. Because sometimes you can be out of the wild and still wild out, okay? You can be out of a crazy situation and still act crazy. You can be out of Egypt and still act like you're in Egypt. Watch me. You can no longer be broke but still act like you're broke. You can no longer be in an abusive relationship but still act like you're in an abusive relationship. See, for many, you come out of it but it's still in you so God has to drive it out of you. Lift your hands. Say, Lord, drive the wild out of me. Drive it out. Drive it out. Come on, say what I thought. Say, Lord, drive the wild out of me. I, everything in me that's wild, that doesn't worship, everything that's in me that is no longer representative of what I am and who I am and what I'm doing, Lord, drive it out of me. We got the Hittites. We got the Gergesites. We got the Amorites. And the Canaanites. We got the Perizzites. We got two left, the Hivites. You ready for this one? This means submission. Uh-oh. God says, I need to drive out your lack of submission. Because watch me, to be in authority, you have to be under authority. And the children of Israel, because for 430 years, they had spent their lives in Egyptian captivity and slavery. They had an issue with authority. And for some of you, you have an authority issue because you don't want nobody telling you what to do or you only want certain people telling you what to do because you lack submission because you got some Hivites he's got to drive out. 
And if you don't like the way they say it, then you got an attitude. Watch me. But what if you needed to hear it a certain way because that's what's, what's going to produce submission in you? I need, now, listen, I know it's going to get quiet through here because submission is basically a cuss word in American culture today. But this is why Americans have more, but they're more crazy. Y'all ain't going to talk. This is why people have more possessions, they have more money, they have more stuff, but they own more pills. That's me. No judgment, but it's just the reality. This is why people have more things. This is why people have more access, but watch me, but they, but they commit more suicide. Why? Because there's a lack of submission. Submission doesn't make you weak. Submission makes you strong. Jesus submitted himself to be able to come into the form of a man and come into the earth and die the death of a man so that you and I can have life and life more abundantly. Submission's not a dirty word. Submission's not a bad thing. It just means I get up under the mission of whomever I'm following. I need you to lift your hand and say, Lord, make me submissive. Make me submissive. And I know for some of you that's crazy to even say because your whole life, your banner has been, I'm gone, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. But maybe your lack of submission explains your lack of success. Maybe your lack of submission explains why God can't trust you with anything. But I'm excited about your neighbor. I'm excited about you because we are not afraid to submit. That ain't weakness, that's strength. I submit to God's word. I submit to God's plan. I submit to God's will. I submit to who God sets me under. I submit to the man of God, God's place. So I submit to the word. Come on, open your mouth and say, I am submissive. Last one, last one, last one. And this is perhaps the most poignant of them. He says, I'm going to drive these seven nations out. And I'm going to do it little by little. Last one, the Jebusites. This means ruin and downfall. God says, I need to drive out you ruining things and it becoming your downfall. If we're all honest this morning, let's tell the truth. There are some things that the devil didn't do. Wave at me. There's some things we did. If you know what I'm talking to you, wave at me in this building online, do that hand wave emoji. There's some things. That wasn't the devil. That was you. That wasn't the enemy fighting you. That was you running. It's quiet. That wasn't the enemy coming against you. That was your crazy attitude in that moment. You ready? So God says, I want to drive out what makes you ruin things. I want to drive out what makes you tear stuff up. I want to drive out what makes you experience your own downfall. I need you to say this with authority. Say, Lord, drive the Jebusites out of me. Drive the Jebusites out of me. Here's what the Bible says. These are seven nations that are more numerous and mightier than you, which means these things have been piling up for years, and there are more of them. And currently, listen, currently they are stronger than you. Come here, Pac-Man. Let's go. Let's go. Come on, we got to start again. It's a whole lot of dots on here. It's way more dots than me. So what does God say? He says, you will not drive them out, next verse, all at once. He says, he says, but the Lord your God will drive them out. Look at the screen and say it with me. Little by little. Pac-Man, little by little. Pac-Man, little by little. Now watch me. If you pay attention, see, you're looking at what you still have to do. I need you to shout about all the progress that you've already made. Because while I may not be, come on here, y'all, where I want to be, is there anybody in this building and online where you can thank God that you're not where you used to be and you think it's over? It ain't over because I'm almost done. I'm almost complete. 
I've almost fulfilled the assignment. I wish you'd open your mouth, open your mouth, lift your hands, and worship your God right there. Say little by little, little by little, little by little. He says, you will not make an end of them at once, lest the wild beasts grow too numerous for you. He says, you're not going to be able to do all of this at once, lest the wild beasts grow too numerous for you. Let me read you the same, this same sequence, but from Exodus 23.30. Pay attention to the verse. Exodus 23. Okay? Pay attention. Say, 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 this is my 2023. Come on. Come on, say it with me. Say, this is my 2023. Little by little. I will drive them, those seven nations, out from before you. Look at me, which means God's more into accomplishments than he is arrivals. God's more into accomplishments than he is arrivals. He's more into accomplishments than he is arrivals. He's more into accomplishments than he is arrivals. You get excited about arriving, God gets excited about you accomplishing. You get excited about, I finally made it to the store. God gets excited about all the stops you made on the way to the store. You get excited about where you're going. God gets excited about what you're doing on your way there. He's more into the accomplishments than the arrival. See, some of you, 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 you you're, you're, so, you're so caught up in the accomplishment that you haven't paid attention to, watch me. You're so into the arrival, you haven't paid attention to the accomplishment. Because watch me. I just got one of them ghosts. And for some of you, there's some big things that always seem to come for you. And you just got to accomplish and, and celebrate the accomplishment that I got that one down. I got two down. Oh, one got me. But watch me. But I got two lives left. And if you still got a pulse, I need you to open up your mouth and say, God still has a plan. Mm -mm, mm -mm. See, I'm not into the arrival. I'm into the accomplishment. Because every move I make, Every step I take, it's getting me closer to completing everything. See, can you celebrate the fact that maybe you didn't complete the degree, but you completed a class? Can you celebrate the fact that maybe you didn't lose all the weight, but you lost two pounds? Can you celebrate the fact that maybe you didn't pay all your debt off, but you paid one credit card off? Can you celebrate the fact that maybe, watch me, let's just keep it 100, that maybe you still went off, but you didn't cuss them out the way you used to? Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. <laughs> you ready? Can, can you celebrate the fact that you used to reach for a bottle this time you didn't? Come on, y'all. Can you celebrate the fact that you used to reach for a substance, but this time you didn't? Can you celebrate the fact that you used to call Tyrone? I had to work my way up to that note. Listen, <laughs> you ready? You used to reach for somebody. You used to reach for somebody, but this time you didn't. Can you celebrate your accomplishments instead of your arrivals? Watch this. Here's the last thing, and we're done. Exodus 23, 30. Little by little, I will drive them out before you. So God's into accomplishments more than arrivals. Until you have increased enough to take possession of the land, which for you and I means life. Okay. God is into increasing you in every way. In this building and online, stand on your feet. Because increase is about to hit you in every way. Hear me, this is bigger than money. You're going to increase in every way. Can you lift your hands in this building and online? Say, I attract increase. Say, increase is coming to me. Say, he's increasing me little by little, step by step, just like Pac-Man. I'm making progress 
He's into the details and he's increasing me. Come on, can you open your mouth and just worship God for 10 seconds right there? 10. Come on, in the building and online. Nine. Come on, in the building and online. Eight. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. Say, Lord, increase me in every way. Increase me in every godly way. Let me take possession of the life you promised me in Jesus' name. Heads by the house closed in this building and online. Just remain standing with me. None of what I just preached applies to you unless you are his. You could be his creation but not be his child. So today, if you need to make yourself a child of God and be, give your life to him and become a Christian for the first time, tonight's, in this morning rather, is your morning. Today is your day. Tonight's your night. Whenever you're watching this word, it's your moment. It's your time. So today, if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure. When I count to three in the building, you're going to slip your hand up. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Online, you're going to do the hand with emoji or say it's me. No, you're in a safe place. You're in a safe environment. You're safe. Which means you don't have to worry about anybody judging you in this building or online. When you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure. On three, slip that hand up. One, two, three. Slip that hand up in this building or land, online. Do the hand wave emoji or you say it's me. Come on. Harvest, we're a church that celebrates when people come to the Lord. Celebrate. 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 Because that could have been your mama, your brother, your uncle, your cousin. Come on. Everybody pray this prayer with me. Say, Father. Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. If I fall or if I fail, give me the grace to get right back up again. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, scan that QR code or text Harvest to 55498. Enter the option for salvation. Why should you do that? Because I want to shoot you a message right away to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. Listen, some of you are saved, but you don't have a shepherd. A shepherd's a covering, and anything uncovered spoils. The Bible says he gives you shepherds after his own heart. This pastor appreciation month, maybe for you, this is the month that you find your pastor. This is the month you find your shepherd. You don't have to live in Denver or Atlanta. You can live anywhere across America and around the world. We're a hybrid church, so harvesters are connected from everywhere. And if you know I'm your shepherd, Bishop, how do you know who your shepherd is? It's in my voice. The Bible says sheep know the voice of their shepherd, and a stranger they will not follow, which means when you hear my voice, there's something that makes you want to get up, makes you want to press, makes you want to fight. And, it, and it's not me. It's the God that's in me that's speaking to the God that's in you. This is spiritual. So you don't have to live. You say, Bishop, I, I've never met you. You don't have to. This is spiritual. You can live in Denver, Atlanta, Timbuktu. There's literally a place called Timbuktu. You can live in Memphis. You can live in Nutbush. Nutbush city limits. You can live wherever. Wherever you're at, if you know I'm your shepherd, you text Harvest to 55498 or scan the QR code. It's on the screen. Enter the option for join HC and become a part of the family. When you join the church, you're just saying, I've identified my voice. I want to push some of you because you're saved, but you do not serve. And I want to push some of you to begin to serve. There's so many options of how you can serve and how you can use your life 
to change the lives of other people. And I want to push some of you to begin to serve. All right. There's several opportunities for you to do that. Some of you have already joined and connected. But, sir, you can serve in Denver. You can serve in Atlanta. That's what we're doing these Sunday night interest services for so that you can begin to get involved and serve. And then, of course, you can serve online. The majority of our dream team now serves online. So there's so many ways for you to get connected and get involved. Would you just look at the person next to you and say, it's time for you to serve. It's time for you to serve. And even if they are serving, say, if they got a badge on, say, it's time for you to up your serve. Time for you to up, increase your serve. And God is increasing you, increase your serve. Listen, if you came in late, you weren't able to give, get your giving ready. If you want to sow the seal, we're going to sow the seal this word today. And our seed is going to come right from the scripture that we were in right there. In Exodus 23 and 30, 30 is our seed today. 30 is our seed today. It says, until you have increased enough, and you're going to call this seed my increase. Not increase, my increase. That God is increasing you. You can sow that through text to give. Text amount to 84321. You can use Cash App. The uh, cash tag is dollar sign, Bishop Form with the number 2. You can use PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, Givelify, all of that's available. The email is hello at harvestchurch.church. If you want to mail it in, mail it in the P.O. Box 441004, Rural Colorado, 844. You can sow and get that seed in the ground, wherever you're at. Faithful givers do what? They flourish. So in May of 2022, the Lord said every service, every prayer, I want you to um, call out a seed and have the people to name it and sow it. I've never done that before. I said, Lord. Okay, I've never done that. Why do you want me to do that? He said, because I'm about to release wealth into the hands of the people of Harvest. And if you don't see him doing it, just go read the praise reports. And for some of you, he said, if it ain't happening for me, could it be that you're killing your seed with your confession? Are you uprooting your seed after you sow it by saying things like you broke? You just killed your seed. I don't have it. You just killed your seed. Father, we cancel everything negative that we've spoken about our seed. You give seed to the sower. Come on, lift your giving in the building and online. I love you, Harvest. Thank you for being mature. Thank you for, again, it's Pastor Appreciation Month. I want to thank you for your gifts. That means so much to me. Um, it really, really does. You, when I took the love language test, I didn't know that gifts was my love language. And I was like, gifts? I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a materialistic person. But I realized it was the thought behind what people do. So thank you for your seed. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your cards. I read every single one. And for 17 years, I have kept every single card I've ever been given. I still have them to this day. Every single one. Um, every note, every encouragement. I appreciate you. Come on. Lift your giving to the Lord in the building. End the line. Say, Lord, I have Pac-Man faith that little by little, you are increasing me. Little by little, I'm making progress. And I celebrate that progress. I may not be fully where I want to be, but I can thank God that I'm not where I used to be. You are increasing me. Thank you for my increase. In Jesus' name, amen. Masters of Fasting here at Grape Street. Let's be cheerful as we give online. You can scan the QR code, or you're also welcome to use any of the digital giving methods. Don't forget tonight, if I say tonight. In Atlanta at uh, 6 o'clock Eastern Time at 4479 South Atlanta Road, Southeast. What are we doing? These are interest services so we can build our team to prepare for the launch. It's been amazing, guys, because there's not been one Atlanta service where somebody hasn't gotten saved. That's amazing. There's not been one live we've done this year where somebody hasn't gotten saved. So would you just pray? Let's just pray. Father, we just pray for the services and experiences tonight in Atlanta. Have your way. 
Get the glory out of everything, God. And we pray, Lord, that you would draw all people unto yourself. Blow our minds tonight, God. We're doing this for your glory, not because we need something else to do. We are just obeying you. Pac-Man faith. Little by little, step by step, day by day, we obey you in Jesus' name. I love you. Come on, let's do it together, everybody. Love God, love people, and love life. If you need prayer, I've got um, some prayer partners that are down front at the base of the stage for you here in Denver. You need prayer online, type it in the comments, or you can even send it through our app or our website. Go on the shalom of God. I love you. I'll see you. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 55498. We'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof. Not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA. Get a quote today. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.